Thank you for double-clicking your mouse tonight. You're listening to the Midnight Frightcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to episode number 90 of the Midnight Frightcast. I'm one of your hosts, Maddie. Joining us from sunny California, while the rest of us freeze our asses off, is the doctor of filmonomics, Greg the Movie Guy. I want to feel bad for you guys, but this is amazing. Oh, you bastard. All right, and our doctor of everything else, Patrick. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And it's Josh. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a name change in 2021. So, yeah, this is the last time we can say he's the guy who likes to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. This is it. I'm changing it in 21. It's gonna be a better year. Yeah, new year, <laughs> new me. Hashtag. All right, it is what we look forward to every year. We are rounding up a 2020. Just because you thought that 2019 couldn't be a bigger disappointment for horror, guess what happened? All right, guys. We're going to start out just talking about the year as a whole. Like, I mean, the year was a whole big gaping asshole, but we are going to talk about how horror was just in 2020 overall, what the trends were, what was going on, and would anyone like to start? I will say horror in 2020 does what horror does best and adapted well with being able to get content out there for people to see regardless of the quality there really was a lot of stuff to watch Mm -hmm. if you had the time yeah i mean 2020 was uh you know there was a lot um there's a lot of studio films i was really looking forward to this year that we clearly did not get to and i wonder how many of those would have ended up on our list had they come out but like patrick said the uh horror filmmakers adapted and made what they could make i wonder how many of these films were made before 2020 um and then just kind of made their appearance because of what this year was but yeah i'm looking forward to uh 21 being a little bit easier of a uh, a watch here i i think you're right josh i think uh a lot of the the studios and the filmmakers were working on a lot of the films that came out in 2020 because they they were in the post-production and they they could i think we're going to see the real drought in 2021 outside of the studio films that decided to hold back and wait to see what this whole pandemic thing is going to do that being said 2020 was the year that streaming saved horror because if you didn't have a a shutter subscription i i think you missed out on some great stuff and i i'm really glad to have signed up for the year not plugging shutter if you want to get it or don't, I don't really care, but there was some good stuff on there. And if you're a horror junkie, like we are, it's stuff that you actually wanted to see, or you could stomach seeing compared to some of the other garbage that was popping out elsewhere. I think horror, as we said, it's pretty adaptable, but like the other thing is if people did want to film this year, horror typically does not have these huge casts. You know what I mean? So you could keep a production line small, tight, safe, and keep everything together and still kind of get around 
a lot of the restrictions in the U.S. and beyond. So I think that was one of the reasons that horror really adapted is because they weren't relying on huge sets, huge casts, huge whatever, especially like indie movies who don't have a person doing like every single little thing and typically have like a smaller crew. I think that was one of the reasons that they were able to adapt pretty well. I will say it also forced us to kind of go out and look for the movies as well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we always know Shutter's there. We always know they're going to deliver. But it was kind of tough finding some quality movies this year when the other streaming services weren't stepping up. And I got to say, Netflix, I was really, really disappointed with Netflix this year for the quality or even the quantity of horror films that were available through through Netflix. I mean, we're lucky to be in a in a kind of a messenger group because we get a lot of between each other word of mouth. Like, hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? This one's on Shutter. This one's right here. So for us, it wasn't really too difficult to stay out of the the 2020 loop because everybody was always on something. And it was, hey, did you see this? You should check this one out. Hey, I really dug this one. Um, so it, it helped being uh, in that group message. Uh, messenger this year also yeah and when it came to shutter they were dropping at least a new movie two to three times a week i swear it was insane how many new movies popped up on their front page shutter was my goddamn hero this year yeah i will say that i agree with that plug or no plug shutter was a goddamn hero (laughs) when it came to uh dropping out new content and and shutter to me they had some content this year that would that actually I mean for me personally I don't know what your lists look like we don't share the list ahead of time but for me personally there were some shutter movies this year that really held up to studio films of past years oh yeah agreed agreed there was some really good ones this year the only thing about Netflix I do want to give a shout out to is earlier this year or late last year I can't really remember which one we gave kind of a shout out to a trailer that had come out called Rust Creek, which was an indie film, and they actually made it onto Netflix this year. So congrats to them. I feel like that's pretty cool for an indie film to come out on a bigger streaming service like Netflix. So that's really cool. So that's the only thing I kind of want to shout out for. But otherwise, yeah, Netflix has kind of been disappointing to me. It's one of the ones that I don't, we have it, but I don't check, I don't go to it. I don't check it out very often, if I'm honest. And congratulations to the indie film companies this year. Even if it was working with the streaming services to get that film out there, they knew that the studio movies would not be releasing. So let's take advantage of that opportunity. And they certainly did. And I think they got themselves a lot more notoriety than they would have in a normal year. I was going to say, like, I we talked about, the, or I talked about this last time or a couple times ago, how... I wish more indie movies would go to streaming services just because I'm tired of paying, you know, X amount a month for all my streaming services and then having to pay X, uh, like, more and more money on top of that. And so I don't want to watch them because, like, that shit piles up. Do you think we'll see a swing now? I mean, with with studios still kind of on the shutdown, do you think we'll see a swing of indie films taking over? I know that's kind of always been a a teeter-totter, but this could be the, the thing that pushes it. Not necessarily taking over, but still being highly dominant in 2021. As a lot of the movies that are coming out were pushed till like late 2021, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think just because like we still don't know what's going to happen at the beginning of next year. Like we just got the vaccine. It's just going to healthcare workers now. 
I think at least for the beginning of 2021, we're still going to see a lot of the indies, a lot of stuff like that. Maybe we'll get back towards like more of a new normal towards the end. Maybe around Halloween is when they might all hit. I don't think anything before March. I think the, there was a March title, but it got pushed already. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. So. Did anyone see any like trends in horror as a whole? Like we talked kind of talking about the adaptability, but like did we see kind of I know what I saw, but we all know my opinion of modern horror, so I'm not even gonna go into that. But like did anybody yeah, we talked about it briefly both on Messenger and and uh, in one of our earlier casts uh, that we were seeing trends. The one I personally see that I I'm a little disappointed with is the blurring of the lines between horror and thriller. There mm-hmm. were a lot right. of dramatic thrillers that were ending up on top 10 horror lists that I strongly disagree that they are horror films, that they do not belong within the genre. I, I will be curious to revisit that, Patrick, because I want to know what those films are that you think don't belong right i mean i could throw one out right now that that to well, me epitomizes it my fear is that it might be on somebody's list but let's do it anyway let's no, go I, for I'm it i'm throwing it out there right now it's it's one that epitomizes it for me is swallow it has, okay, ended, yep, it has yep. ended up on so many people's lists and i watched it and it is not horror people are saying it's body horror no, it's about a woman who tries to take control of her life by swallowing things. That's it. There's no horror in that movie. So, right. so that was just a trend that I saw was just a lot of thrillers being thrown in. It's like they didn't know where to put it. It's horror. Greg talked about one earlier in the week. He said he'd noticed a lot of... Um... A lot of like devil worship, demonic worship satanic stuff it was just i feel like every movie that i watched had some variation of it and i don't know if that was like did we miss the the memo that that was the theme for 2020 or i agree with that wholeheartedly you can't make a virus movie because we're all living it and none of us want to see it Mm -hmm. and that was my biggest complaint about this year and why i honestly didn't watch a lot of 2020 horrors because i was like this ain't horror y'all like this is a thriller and i'm just not a big thriller person i I think like that it rides the line of somebody might think a thriller is horror and and we talked about this they're pussies i (laughs) um, but but they're but they're they're content watchers all the same and uh you know those people might go well that that was a horror film while others might say, because again, on IMDb, you go through, somebody's going to go, that was a comedy, fantasy, thriller, horror. And it, it plays to everybody. And the the word horror, there was some somewhere in that movie, there was, a, even if it was two seconds of horror, there was horror in that film. And you, you got to count it, just saying. Well, and, and even <laughs> we as a group are guilty of, generalizing what horror is because i think i remember in one of our discussions of our podcast we settled on horror is whatever makes you feel uncomfortable right and at this point i don't think i agree with that anymore yeah so I don't, i'm tired of counting the pussy opinions yeah i would like to revisit that again mm-hmm. sometime in 2021 I, I will tell you right now there are films on my list that are dramatic horrors 
That's that's what they are. It's dramatic horror. It is a drama with a horror undertone and element in it, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And Those they, are on my list. No, there's, there's a, a couple on my that. list it's that are that way as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were gonna go in for Invisible Man, which is my like my like ultimate like this is not a horror movie. That's no. They they tried and I will fight somebody tooth and nail if they want to call that a horror movie. Horror it's like movie, right. scratch off that horror movie. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like that movie Cam last year that everyone was like, Oh, it's so scary. And I'm like, what is scary about Loves go on. As I said, join us in 2021 for the Midnight Slapcast. You are going to hear a lot from me today where, uh, you know, it's defending defending titles and, and it being horror because there's a lot of horror undertones to, to some of the things on my list. But, like, yeah, it, it's, it's – I'm going to be playing on the defense, I feel like, when it comes to our top ten mainly from Maddie because I'm not going to say the void 20 fucking times, but <laughs> I will be on it's that's just number that, two. I'm going to put a couple more in. No, it's just that you've introduced a, a new subgenre, the soft horror. Yeah, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. It's, it's uh starter pack horror. These de- they're, de- they're definitely not starter packs. I would you, not call you them want starter, lure, starter packs. You want to lure people into horror, not be like, oh. I mean, depending on their level of uncomfortableness you start them off low instead of giving them movies like the void and irreversible <laughs> that's number three. It's gonna turn them the exact opposite way <laughs> listen my thing is if you go to the very end of the spectrum it can never get any worse like if someone's like i've never seen a horror movie before and you're like come here son let me show you serbian film that will brassify them nuts and they will just be able to watch whatever they want from now on and, and, and anymore i mean i think you can get anybody hooked on horror as long as you're not showing them tusk the void or tucker and dale versus evil <laughs> oh god he got all That's of us fine. yeah he did Shut him all in there. oh i will say no one can argue that the void isn't a horror movie. The, the void is horror. All right, guys. What? Go ahead, Maddie. What? No, no. Make another crack about the void. I was not, no. I I gotta spread them out. I gotta. I got some time. <laughs> uh, spread this. So we're gonna go ahead and talk <laughs> about what these guys are. We're gonna chat about what, like, what when you were going through your lists. What were you looking for? Like, what? made a good movie this year just kind of how you put your list together so we're just going to kind of go around and chat about that and we're going to start with patrick for me it was trying to find that movie that had a different element that i've not seen before i think that (laughs) is the holy grail that i have been chasing for many years looking for something that is original, something that I have not seen before, something that even if it's not original, presented in a new and different way. Something that still makes me scared. Something that still makes me uncomfortable to the point of I'm pulling those sheets up close. Something that still makes me, other than jump scares, which everybody knows still affect me, something that still makes me not feel comfortable in my seat. That's what I'm still looking for as I'm approaching the top 10 list for the end of the year. I, mean, I don't isn't know that what we're all I, looking for. <laughs> I guess, but I don't know that I hit that with many of them in this group, but I definitely saw some originality this year that I'd not seen before. 
Isn't that what we're looking for every year? <laughs> As I said, I did not watch this. I, I think I watched maybe two 2020 horror movies this whole year. But I did see a couple movies this year that weren't from this year that I liked. Um, and the one that really came to mind that I keep thinking of is Antrim, which mm. wasn't a gr- wasn't fantastic. But like I look back and I'm like, oh, you know what? That There were some parts in there that kind of made me uncomfortable. And it could have been that fucking background ass noise that was just like psychologically put there but there you go josh your list for the year uh yeah i kind of agree uh with patrick i was just looking for something that had an element that i hadn't seen before but i was also looking for movies that i would go back and revisit mm. uh, and i think that was a big one for me was for my top 10 because uh, I watched I watched a handful of movies this year. Um, there are a lot of them that were really good, but they were a really good one-time watch. And I probably wouldn't revisit that movie again. And so a lot of the films on my list are films that, not right away, six months down the road, whatever, I may go back and go, there's something in that movie I didn't see that I want to see if I can, I can find um, and watch it again. Or I just really enjoyed the, the, it the first time and, and I want to check it out again. But there are also movies that I would tell people, these are really easy to find and you should go find them. So that's kind of how my top 10 list panned out. I will tell you right out of the gate, this is the hardest top, this is the hardest I've worked ever to make a top 10 list. And the four or five years we've been doing this, I walk in with a lot of confidence usually on these top tens and recommendations and and cool stuff I had seen. This was the hardest top 10 list I have ever made. It probably changed a good handful of times over the last week. Probably 60% of it. I can say like, I'm confident about that pick. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Josh, I will be adding your criteria of watchability or rewatchability to picking next year. I think yeah. that is a, I think that is a great option to be added to that. Well, would you rather see a movie that you want to watch again and again and again, or would you rather watch a movie that made you so uncomfortable you never want to watch it again? Well, that, that uh, fits into um, when I watched The Void. It was, that fits both categories. So I'm good with that one. Uh, anybody else? The Void? The Void? Yeah. Patrick? Greg? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know I never <laughs> want to watch Tusk again because I've taken better looking shits. I know. I know. Kevin Smith be damned. You know, using that criteria, though, uh, the movie Seven is one that I've watched that I, that I fucking thoroughly enjoyed, but I don't know that I ever want to watch it again. That's a rough, that's a rough watch. Yeah. That movie. Seven's but, good. But the impact it had on me. I mean, I guess if any of us could ever, like, find our Holy Grail horror movie that, like, scares the shit out of us and we never want to watch it again, like, maybe that criteria will change. Yeah. But we've talked about how jaded all of us are before. <laughs> but, but to answer your question, Maddie, honestly, I'd rather watch I'd rather watch new content that makes me super uncomfortable than, than chase the same film over and over again. Um, especially a film that made me uncomfortable the first time that will probably force me to lose that sense of being uncomfortable because I know what's going on and I know what's happening. 
so to yeah answer your question I, i'd probably watch something that i had never seen before that just makes me really uncomfortable greg so for me because most of the the stuff that we watch anymore is i mean it's it's similar we've seen the outcome we know how it was possibly going to end for me it's does the story drag you in is it an interesting story i think and i will fight to the end uh story is the most important part of a movie if you aren't pulled in by the story nothing else in that is going to matter and for me just looking for something that's interesting even if it's been told multiple times and i think uh, both patrick and josh have said this if you twist it in a way that's original or creative I'm going to enjoy it. And so that's that's my biggest look for when I go into these movies. And this year was a little bit different for me just because I had uh, I powered through uh, two weeks ago to get as many or to get more 2020 movies watched so that I could have a legitimate list this year. And I feel like I came across some some pretty good, uh, pretty good films. Uh, but for me, it's 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 always story. It always comes back to the story. I, I appreciate the movies that attempt to scare again we're we're pretty jaded we're desensitized by this point so there's not a lot of scares even if they are jump scares and we pop out of our seats a little bit i don't count those i think those are those are cheap it's it's the atmosphere it's the environment it's how they develop the story and the characters and put you into those uncomfortable positions i know for some of my uh some of my top movies that i have they they border and i know we had already talked about this so i won't rehash it again they border on that thriller horror but it was that feeling that I had in the movie, within the movie, was that uncomfortableness. And I feel like that's how I determine a good horror movie or not, is if I get those feelings to arise. I mean, really, you can't go too much more into that. Otherwise, we're going to be sitting here rehashing all, all of this. But for me, it's story, creativity. Um, if you want to get gory, cool. Just make sure that I'm interested in the story. Otherwise, it's just... I'm watching torture porn and that's no fun. So, well, what do you think is the difference then between a thriller and like a psychological horror movie? Like, is there a difference mm. or is it just like, is it that gore level that kind of like pumps it up? Cause like, I, you, I, could, you could argue that like Saw is a psychological horror movie, but it's, it's, very it's true. It, it's very true. And I think the, the blood and the, yeah, like you said, the gore is what ramps that up into that horror um, you know, are you going to be watching this on, oh, I can't think of a, uh, like a lifetime. Is that a lifetime movie or is it something that needs to be based on shutter? If it's, if it can be aired on lifetime uncut, it's thriller. And I think that psychologicalness and the gore is what's going to push it over into, okay, we can't really play this or we have to play this cut and censor and all that in order to turn it into that type of a movie. Fair enough. Well, Speaking of disappointments, let's get into our list and we'll start <laughs> off with our biggest disappointment of 2020. My uh, my biggest disappointment of 2020 was the first film I saw in a movie theater and the last film I saw in a movie theater, and that was uh, Underwater. I saw Underwater back in January, stars uh Kristen Kristen Stewart it's this mash between Alien and Abyss I like both those movies uh just don't like it when you jam them together I think uh Kristen Stewart was really good in the film uh, I like the shots that she's taking since she's been so roped into Twilight 
Um, so I like the chances that she's taking with these new roles. I'm not an underwater horror, aquatic horror kind of person anyway, um, but I was really looking forward to underwater. Um, it just did not, uh, it didn't catch me. So my biggest t- disappointment for 2020 was underwater. Now, can oh. we can we talk about these movies even if they didn't end up on any part of our list? Yeah, Perfect. Greg, you watched it. Go for it, man. I did, so I I wanted to see it just because I I feel like underwater is an untapped space for horror movies. I feel like it can be utilized very much like Alien could, because you're in that confined area. You can't go to a safe spot immediately. Like you are stuck. You are quarantined. And I just, I have yet to find a movie outside of maybe 47 meters down that has used underwater correctly. And that, that was why my biggest reason for wanting to watch that movie. I have no desire to see anything Kristen Stewart is in because she's God awful, but I wanted to see it to see how they did it. And I, I was, I was pleased by watching it, but I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah, I, I had watched it as well. Uh, I enjoyed it as a movie, but quality wasn't quite there to hit even my top 20. Um, now, Greg and Patrick, I know this is already, we're just starting and I'm already going off base. Greg and Patrick, you guys both watched Sea Fever. Is that mm-hmm. kind of the same aquatic horror element kind of thing? Sim- very, very similar situation, mm-hmm. but very poorly executed. Okay. I would that's, agree. My, that's my disappointment. Greg, disappointment. My biggest disappointment was the movie Freaky. I, I'm interested to see how characters or how actors step outside of their typecast. And I feel like Vince Vaughn could have played this role really well. It came across very much like Happy Death Day, where the movie didn't take itself seriously at all, but it didn't try to be good on that side of it. And I felt like I was watching more of a romantic comedy with some blood and splatter and it just did not do anything for me. And I really was disappointed in, uh, in what the movie turned out to be. It, it could have been something really well done, but again, it was just poorly executed. Now on just real quick on the opposite side of that, Greg, I promise this will not be a four hour cast, Maddie. I promise. I won't. <laughs> the movie. I promise. I'm not on the other side of that. It's a movie that was pitched as Freaky Friday the 13th, starring Vince Vaughn as a 15-year-old girl. What do you, like, what, what was your expectations, I guess, walking into Freaky? I'm not defending it because I didn't think it was that great either, uh, I, but I did think Vince Vaughn was the best part of that movie. And knowing what Vince Vaughn makes, the kind of films that he makes, it's a thousand percent what I expected from him when it came to that film. I might be able to address this a little bit before Greg gets there because originally I had The Invisible Man as my disappointment and then I changed it yesterday to Freaky as well. And I believe for me, it is because of all the hype surrounding this movie that I went into it expecting so much more than what it was. For me, that's why it was my top disappointment because I had expected so much more. From The Invisible Man, I got pretty much out of it what I thought I was going to get from it. I was just disappointed by the poor CGI. And that's why it ended up being my original disappointment. But yesterday I, I thought about it more and I 
realizing that there's no way in hell Freaky was going to make my top 20 list, that hit as my major disappointment of the year. I, I don't know that I can I can say I was expecting anything with Vince Vaughn movies anymore. It's it's just kind of a you go in and you kind of get what you get because Vince Vaughn is typecasted for a reason. He plays the same role over and over and over again. I feel like if they had listed this one as a romantic comedy horror, I may have had a little, I don't want to say better expectation because that's not it, but I would have had a better idea of what I was going or getting into. I guess I didn't fully anticipate that Vince Vaughn was going to go full Lindsay Lohan. And maybe it was more of a disappointment because I ended that movie and thought, well, there's an hour and a half of my life. I'm never getting back. And I wasted it on Vince Vaughn. Awesome. Well, I Um, made a, I made a side list. I made a side (laughs) list of just movies. I had a ton of fun with this year and freaky Mm -hmm. is on that list. So I know there's no doubt I had fun with it, but it just, it was, it was still a disappointment. The, I thought that was the main 10 minutes on the movie, Maddie. Yeah, I, the lead girl in that did a lot better than Vince Vaughn did. I felt. Yeah, she did. All right. <laughs> now we've talked about how freaky is the hot girl with no personality they brought home from the bar. We're gonna go ahead <laughs> and get into honorable mentions. And Josh, you're starting out again. Um, my first honorable mention was on Hulu. We watched it at the beginning of the year. It is The Lodge. I thought The Lodge was a great film all about being isolated with family in a cabin during a snowstorm. There's a lot of really good uh, elements to the movie, a lot of really good atmosphere to the movie. You can find it on Hulu, but that was my first honorable mention, uh, The Lodge. AKA how to be a shitty parent. That too. <laughs> yes. We had a nice little run of those. How to be a horrible father. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of a thing this year for a while. It was like, how to be the worst parent possible. <laughs> Greg. So I'm double checking on my first one because I don't know if I can count it, but I'm going to say it anyways because I don't see United States release on here. Was a movie called The Room. This movie hit very personal for me. There was a lot of interesting backstory with the characters, and I felt like it, it hit a chord with me and I, I don't want to get into too much. Obviously this is a 2020, so I don't want to spoil anything, but I was very sucked into the story immediately based on the backstory of the characters. And when they went into this room, what they were able to wish for and then get and how be careful what you wish for becomes very, very evident. And uh, I, it was a very interesting watch. Uh, again, I didn't feel like it was, it was good enough for a top 10, but I, I did uh, I did appreciate this story. All right, Patrick. Yes, uh, because my honorable mentions are in no particular order. It doesn't matter. Some of these could have landed on my top 10 easily. Uh, but the first one I'm going to throw out is called The Platform on Netflix. It's one that Greg had suggested for me to watch during our movie swap. And it's a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, and only one food platform and two minutes per day to eat. And the platform lowers itself from the top to the bottom. So it's this uh, amazing venture into how greedy people can be. It was just pretty effective for me on 
how people treat each other. And I believe it's a Spanish film. It, it is Spanish. And just so you're aware, I, this is this one did land on my list. Oh, yeah, okay. mine, mine we can too. talk about it later. Mine too. Okay. All right. So for me, honorable mention, first one, the platform. Moving on to our second one. Josh, back to you. Yeah. Uh, my second honorable mention also landed on my fun list. It was a movie. The first time I started it, I shut it off about 10 minutes in, five minutes in, something like that, but uh, was convinced to revisit it. And that was VFW on Shudder. VFW is so fucking fun. It's got a really good cast and it's just violent and just, like I said, a, a ton of fun. You can find it on Shudder. You know, some uh, Stephen Lang is in it. Uh, he was from Don't Breathe. Uh, William Sadler's in it. He was in uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, which I really love. Uh, it's just got a really great cast in it. And it, it was a lot of fun to watch all those guys kind of come together and play these characters. So uh, VFW on Shudder. Greg? Um, next on my, uh, my honorable mention was a uh, was a movie called We Summon the Darkness. I, I don't have a lot to say about it. It was just it was a fun watch. I, I appreciated it. I didn't feel like it had enough to push into my top ten, but it was an interesting watch. I definitely recommend it to anybody that uh, wants to check it out. And uh, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with uh, a movie with Alexander Diodario in there. So we'll go with that. I, I fought to keep that one off my list, Greg, just so you know. I fought really hard to keep it off. So it, it almost landed. It almost stuck. So good pick. Patrick. My next one is kind of a really obscure one that I found. I don't even know how I found it. I ran across it. It's called Rent-A-Pal on Hulu. And it's set in 1990. A lonely bachelor named David searches for an escape from the day-to-day drudgery of caring for his aging mother. While seeking a partner through a video dating service, he discovers a strange VHS tape called Rent-A-Pal, hosted by the charming and charismatic Andy, played by Will Wheaton. The tape offers him much-needed company, compassion, and friendship, but Andy's friendship becomes a cost and desperately struggles to afford the price of admission. What made this awesome was that uh, this this Rent-A-Pal tape, it's Will Wheaton talking to him through a VHS tape, but over the course of time that this guy's spending with the tape, he's actually interacting with him. So the tape changes what it does based on his responses. And it's just really, really intriguing. And Will Wheaton, this is probably one of the best performance I've seen him do because it's just creepy as hell. So if you have a chance, it's on Hulu. rent Okay. Back around to Josh. Uh, my number three was uh, Train to Busan Peninsula. A few years back, Train to Busan landed, I'm pretty sure, at the top of my list that year. Um, I love that movie. Peninsula is four years after Train to Busan. Everything in South Korea is just a war zone. And these four people are sent into this specific part uh, that is kind of off limits to humans and uh, to fetch $20 million from this truck. What I will give Peninsula is it, it's got way more gore. It's way faster with all the action. I mean, all the, the, the zombies and everything are just, it's just a way faster and, and bloodier and gorier film. Where it lost Train to Busan 
was all the character and all the heart got left back to four years ago. Um, it lost it all. I enjoyed watching this movie. I, my daughter watched this movie with me. She was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but she <laughs> enjoyed it too. But what the biggest thing I loved about Trinity Busan was that character and how they interacted with each other. And it lost that part of the movie for me. Um, but I would still say if you were a fan of that movie, it's on Prime as a rental, cheap rental, like nothing chase it and watch it because it's it's a nice continuation of the story did it land on your fun list as well no and the first 10 minutes of that movie fucking kicks ass by the way it's the first 10 minutes of that movie is crazy so that's where i'm at number three i might actually watch that one because you know why i have put off the watching the first one is because i don't want that emotion and heart and character development i want death and destruction well then so, you might like peninsula yeah i actually was like when you said something about it like ha- not having any heart and it's just really gory i was like i'll watch that one I'll just, pick to watch, <laughs> just to watch the last 10 minutes of peninsula because it starts to show its ugly heart and character face Ugh. <laughs> who wants that <laughs> greg number three uh next for my honorable mention was actually a recommendation from josh and that was the movie porno not a porno but the movie porno i'm that's, not gonna go go ahead that's on, my, that's on my list greg it was it was a surprise for me i'll just i'll leave it at that i was i was pleasantly surprised by it patrick uh the third one on my <laughs> honorable mentions is a movie called blood quantum which is on shutter i really enjoyed this one it may not have been the best acted movie but the reason i enjoyed it quite a bit is it's a zombie movie uh that takes place in the isolated micmac reserve of the red crow nation in canada it is a all or almost all Native American cast and crew that made this film. It is full of blood and guts and gore. The only thing holding it back was a little bit of the acting, but it was a solid movie. And I would put this over, I obviously did put it over some of the others, just not quite enough for my top 10. But Blood Quantum, I suggest it for anybody who enjoys blood and guts and zombies. Josh, back to you for number four. Uh, yeah, uh, my number four, I'm pretty sure we all watched this year. Uh, it's on Hulu. It's called Wretched. Um, real quick, uh, it's a, a teenage boy whose his parents are going through a divorce. He's having a tough time with it. He moves in with his dad uh, next to a, a uh, neighbor, and the, the lady has been kind of possessed by this witch. It uh, had a lot of really good uh, atmosphere to it. I thought the acting was pretty well, uh, pretty well done. Uh, the story was eh, right there, but just not, not a top ten film. It visually, it was really, really good. Um, it just kind of lost me in some of the other parts that uh, I look for in uh, some of my top tens. I, I agree with you, Josh. I, I remember going back and taking a look at this one, and uh, the biggest thing, like it was, like you said, it's visually really cool but it felt like the story was lacking something for me and it just did not have that push into what could have been a really good horror movie. Yeah. Once they started going down into the trees, sewer system, whatever, it kind of lost me at that point. I agree. But, but but still, I still think a a good movie though. Greg, number four. 
Uh, number four for me is actually my last honorable mention was the movie La Llorona. And that was the Shudder version, not the Curse of La Llorona. I, I like the story set up on this. I really felt like there was a creep factor in this one, not just based on the family that's isolated in their house because of uh, the angry mob outside, but what also has been brought into the house. And again, I won't go too far into it, but if you don't mind a, uh, a subtitle horror film, a foreign horror film, I feel like this one was really well done. Nice. Patrick. Uh, my fourth one is a, kind of a, it's kind of a horror comedy. It is called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. On my list. Okay. I'll just give the synopsis real quick then. We yeah. won't discuss it. Yeah, chat away, man. Terror grips a small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, uh, raising a teenage daughter, and caring for his ailing father, Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself there's no such thing as werewolves. Did you say alien? <laughs> alien or alien? Alien. Alien. Oh, okay. I was like, that's a lot. (laughs) Aliens and werewolves, go. Yeah, I was like, that is a lot to pack in one movie. (laughs) Okay, Josh, last honorable mention. Uh, Yeah, my last honorable mention uh, was a film on Shudder called Anything for Jackson. Really enjoyed it for that mediocre enjoyed it um it's about a couple a satanic couple that kidnaps this pregnant woman and tries to use this ancient spell book to um bring their uh their dead grandson back this was for me this is uh, on my list okay i'm done talking it was good talking to you moving on <laughs> craig you said this was the last one you know i i said that that i had exhausted my last one but i i, I want to copy josh and put anything for jackson as my number five because i look back and i i had actually completely forgotten about this one that i had watched this one in the droves of uh, horror movies that i had pounded out the other uh, other week but this was it was a very interesting story and i won't go too far into it anymore but i thank you for reminding me of that one josh all right patrick last one <laughs> the number five for mine is uh number three three for Josh and train to Basan Peninsula. For me, the first 15 minutes, I totally agree with you. I'm sitting there thinking this could be as good as the, as the first movie. Cause it was, it was really good. It was driving a story. It was getting in there. And then all of a sudden it slipped into train to Basan meets gone in 60 seconds. Because mm. the majority of it is cars driving around. I agree, but the, the action sequences were pretty fucking kick-ass. Though. The action sequences, for what they were, they were amazing. There were times where you knew it was so obviously CGI. Yeah. But based on the original Train to Busan, that's why it, it didn't rank higher on my list. I wanted more of what made Train to Busan such a good movie. Right. It, it right. got real close to, to caring about those main characters. It just it wasn't there. Yeah, it just wasn't there. So that was my final honorable mention. All right, so we are moving on to our top 10 for 2020. Does everyone have 10? Woo! Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, yay. All right, so we'll stay in the same order. So Josh, we're going to start from 10 and go up to 1. My number 10 was Sputnik. Uh, You can find it on Hulu. I am not... It's on my list. 
Okay, then I will stop. Go ahead and describe it, though. Um, basically, it is um, the the lone survivor of a a spaceship kind of mishap returns uh, home with a basically a, 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 an alien hiding inside of him. Um, is basically is all, all, all I'll really say about it, and then I'll pause there. So just just so I'm aware, we can we can talk about the the basis of the movie, but not our feelings towards the movie. It's it's like if three of us have it, you have to wait till the third person brings it up. Okay, so my number ten was a movie I found on Shutter, I believe it was Shutter, uh, called The Beach House, and that was a uh, a movie that was a couple goes to a beach house for a vacation. They run into a an awkward elderly couple and. Uh, craziness ensues anybody else have this on their list it, it, no uh I, I didn't get to watch that one greg it was on my 30 days of horror list and mm-hmm. uh i just ran out of time um okay but i, I, I didn't I, want I to will, check it out i will say that while it didn't hit my top lists it still had one of the most disturbing scenes that i'd seen in a movie in a long time and that is when the older gentleman I absolutely love that scene. I, I put that at number 10 specifically for that scene. This is It's a great movie. Uh, it's a slow burn, so don't expect a lot coming into it. But once it gets going, it's rock and roll time. And yeah. that specific scene that just holds on the guy walking out into the ocean was just one of the coolest scenes I have seen the, in a long, the, long the time. The pace of that scene was just magical. Awesome. It was awesome. So Beach House, number 10 for me. Number 10 for me is a voodoo rental. That's where I saw it. It may be somewhere else. Um, A movie called Relic, in which a woman links her mother's increasingly volatile behavior to a supernatural manifestation of dementia at her family's decaying country home. What I really enjoyed about this movie is how they took the grandmother's dementia and made it into a supernatural manifestation that overtook the entire house. There were three people. There was a, a the the grandmother, the mother, and then the granddaughter or the mother's daughter, however you want to look at it. And each of them were affected in different ways, and it really messed with your head. And the fact that they were using the grandmother's dementia as that supernatural manifestation, I thought was a really original idea. All right, guys, number nine. Uh, yeah, my number nine was, I think, in Patrick's Honorable Mention. I'm going to go back and look. Yeah, Patrick's Honorable Mention. Uh, my number nine was The Platform. Uh, that was a Greg suggestion. Is this in your list, Greg? It, it is on my list. Uh, it is number nine, actually, for me. So if we want to talk about it, let's do oh, it. Cool. Yeah. Not too much more to add uh, uh, over Patrick, but um, this was a real as a real lesson in, in human behavior, basically to kind of sum up what Patrick said. Um, it's really, really hard to watch. Um, there's a lot of really disturbing things in here, but just like the overall kind of feeling I got with it was, uh, this just, it's a completely hopeless movie. And it's just, uh, the, the best way I can describe this was watching, uh, human beings at their worst. And that's, that's what I got out of that movie. But visually and the acting and, and the story and everything, it was, it was all on, it was all, it, it, it fired on all cylinders for me. Just, it was hard to watch because of just the way we behave when we're in a shitty spot. 
You know, it was it was definitely a social commentary movie, but I liked how it was portrayed. Kind of like what Josh was saying, you, you get to see the the disgusting side of uh, of humanity and what they do to each other to look out for their their number one. And a lot of it was the cinematography of it was shot beautifully. The story was incredible, and I just it was just a movie that I liked. Yeah, I, the only thing I want to add to that, that that made that such a good movie for me, even though it's on my honorable mention list, is that it wasn't just the way they treated the people on the other floors by how much they ate, but also how they treated the people within their own room with whom they were supposed to kind of been allied with. Right, right. Yeah. Nice. Well, Patrick, what's your number nine? My number nine is a movie called The Owners, which is on Hulu. When a group of friends break into an empty house, the elderly couple that lives there comes home early, and the would-be thieves suddenly must fight to save themselves. Uh, This is a a Maisie Williams film uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. I just like the twist on it with uh, the hunters being the hunted. And it it just resonated well with me. That's about as much as I can say about it. And I, I think it was professionally done as well as any studio film. And for all I know, it could have been a studio film out of out of England. But as towards comparing it to U.S. studio films, I thought it held its own. We are on number eight. Uh, yeah, my number eight, uh, you can, uh, fucking, I don't remember where we found it. I don't remember where we watched it. Maybe Shudder. Uh, my number eight is Host. Everybody's list? Anybody's list? Yep. It's on my list. Yep, then I will wait. Um, other than Zoom for the win. That's how I will say about Host. <laughs> Greg? Uh, yeah, so my number eight was the movie dropped on Netflix, uh, late October, and I'm glad it dropped in October for my, uh, uh, my 31 days of uh, October challenge was the movie Cadaver. This one was a, uh, it's a movie that you've seen the story before, but I liked how it was presented. I thought it was really uh, a stunning watch and it was just a lot of fun. I uh, really got into that movie. Patrick, number eight. My number eight is number five for both Josh and Greg's honorable mention. And that is anything for Jackson. I think, Josh, you already kind of gave a description of it. That it's like a reverse possession where they try to put their grandchild into the child of a pregnant woman. I enjoyed the symbolism in this movie quite a bit. And I believe that's why it moved. It originally was in my honorable mention, but I moved it up into the top 10 picks. There was the symbolism in it, the cinematography, there were points where it was just downright creepy, plenty of gore in it as well. And I don't know, maybe for me, it's like this year of older people doing horrible things. Uh, And maybe that's, you know, me wanting the tide to change that way. So there's more opportunities for actors of my age. I just really felt that the story told here was, was pretty strong. That's interesting because when you guys were first describing it, I was kind of thinking it was a horror comedy. I don't know why, oh, but I just no. see these like little like bumbling <laughs> old people like getting a hold of this spell book and being like, "Well, fuck, let's try this out." No, 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 no. No, I mean, they, it's that's it's, cute. 
they, <laughs> they fumbled with it, but that was just out of ignorance, not out of just being old. Yeah, I, th- I think I typed in the chat group when I was watching this. The two words I typed were uh, visual nightmare. Some of the shit in this movie, even I was like, oh, shit, oh, fuck. It was, it was, it was like, it was, it was nightmare inducing. Um, and it got rolling early. This movie got right. rolling early. It was just two older couple just talking about things over breakfast. And then someone goes, oh, I think she's here. Yeah. And they walk yeah. up and all of a sudden shit happens yeah. and, and there it starts early yeah it goes so it does it does at a point where you're like oh fuck this is dragging a little bit let's go all right this come on anything for jackson all right let's move it faster all right but it's a real it, it picks up it picks up again this is there's i feel like there's a spot in there where they could have probably you know chopped they, it down a bit, yeah they could have knocked off five ten minutes maybe but it was definitely definitely worth being in there all right, number seven. Yeah, uh, my number seven, I found it on Prime. It will be dropping on Shutter here, I think, in January. It's called The Dark and the Wicked. Basically, it's a son and a daughter that uh, return home to um, kind of mourn or take care of their, their dying father. And this darkness just kind of takes over this, this farmland. And uh, I'll stop right there. It's dark, though. It is dark. Yeah. So that is my number seven. Greg. So for my number seven, I had stumbled across the Mortuary Collection over on Shudder. Usually I'm not a big fan of anthologies. Sometimes I'll catch a good one. But uh, this one really stuck out to me. Uh, Really uh, appreciated the cinematography. It was shot beautifully. Uh, the stories within the story I thought were interesting. I, I don't know that I can say too much more about it. The caretaker of the mortuary uh, was probably one of my favorite characters. I, I love the presence that he brought to the uh, to the screen, and um, I don't know, just a just a good watch. That was on my thirty day list, Greg. I just didn't get to it, but I'm going to. I also saw that one, and it's not on my list, but. There were some stories in there that were really, really solid. I love the one with the the man taking care of his wife, and then yeah. the, the, with the the wedding chest. I think is what it was called. Yeah, it was it was really hauntingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say that. I, yeah. There was there was a lot of good ones. I the uh, I think the favorite one of mine was uh, was either that one or the the frat brother. I don't oh know if you yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that one. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Patrick. My number seven is one that I saw early on. It is on Netflix, I believe. It is called Hashtag Alive. This is one of those that, you know, we talked about this earlier, how much of it is story, how much of it is horror. And this one was probably 70% story and 30% horror. The rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in ungovernable chaos but one man remains alive in isolation, digitally cut off from seeking help and is desperate to find a way out. Eventually he's able to connect with another survivor and the two of them must find a way to survive. The reason I enjoyed it quite a bit is, like I said, it was story driven from one person's point of view until he meets up with one more person. I nice. dug it. That's it. 
All right, my drugs are kicking in, so let's keep this going. <laughs> Josh, number six. Yep, uh, number six on my list. You can find it on Shutter. This should have sat higher, but uh, things swung in and beat it. Uh, it's called Impedigor. Um, it's Indonesian. You can find it on Shutter. Uh, like I said, it's uh, two girls that return to a village where one of them believes that she's going to inherit property from her rich family that is well past gone. It's this house that's been abandoned for 20 years. When she gets there, she finds out that there's this family secret that she didn't know about, and everybody in the town is not happy she's there. It's, uh, again, it's the, the folklore of these these foreign films and, and the, the, the stories that they tell are just really visually scary. And again, I'm not really one to get scared, but when somebody is zooming into darkness, I start to back up a little bit because, again, what they don't show you is the scariest part for me. And there was a lot of that in this film. There's a good amount of gore. It's really well written. Again, the first 10 minutes of this film, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening right now? It's scary. Um, and nothing even really happens. It's just the way it's told and, the, and, and what is happening visually on the screen is scary to watch because it's all mystery. Um, they don't tell you anything. So... Uh, like I said, there's uh, still a good amount of gore in there. It's it's one to chase. Got Shutter, go chase some pedigore. It's I think an hour and a half. It's ninety minutes, so it's it's pretty quick, uh, pretty easy watch, and uh, uh, really really good. So my number six, Greg. Uh, so my number six was uh, I think somebody mentioned. Yeah, Josh, it was your uh, number one honorable mention. That was The Lodge. Now, I, I feel like the, the best part of this movie, and I think I said this when we watched it for our, uh, our review for our cast, was the, uh, the descent in which these kids drag this girlfriend of their fathers and watching her slowly return to the life of the cult that she was a part of. When it gets to that end scene, and I, I won't go into it because it is 2020, I don't want to spoil anything. It's just, it's an incredible, incredible transformation on uh, what she goes through. And I think that's why it landed uh, higher on my list. Would, would you kind of put this next to watching Jack Nicholson's uh, Jack Torrance kind of slip into that, that madness in The Shining? Would you put that in the same? Maddie's shaking her head, fuck no. Um, <laughs> oh, the Shining uh, very was similar. <laughs> Very, very similar. You know, I think that there were, obviously there was two different journeys that they took right. where one slipped slowly into madness because of the haunted hotel they were hanging out in. And right. this one basically went into uh, PTSD because these kids were screwing with her. But, right. You know, I think it both ended in the same, uh, the same destination of right. crazyville and stuff's going down. Both had questionable parenting decisions. <laughs> I will agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Both had maybe don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Patrick. So I just wanted to clarify something with our picks for 2020, because there's a discussion on Facebook here real quick. The, uh -oh. the way we pick our movies is even if the movie came out in 2019, 
we count it as a 2020 movie if it was not released in the United States until then. So they might have screened at a festival in 2019, but if you go through IMDb, they're all 2020 releases here. So so just to, just to clarify on that whole thing. Listen, we're fighting over toilet paper this year. Don't be fucking picky. Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell are we? Oh, yeah. Patrick, number six. <laughs> number six is Josh's number two for honorable mentions. I really dug the shit out of VFW. It was so much fun. Yes, it got. it took a little bit to get going. Yes, there was some shitty acting in this. But once it got going, this movie was full of guts and gore and bravado. And, you know, Stephen Lang was fucking awesome in uh, this movie. God, who's the, the, the Cobra Kai? Martin Cove Martin from Cove the Karate Kid, yeah. Was in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He played a hell of a character in it. And just seeing these old guys fucking kick ass all the way through. Yeah. Once again... I'm following some sort of theme here where I want old people just to be badasses. Right. Even so George Wendt was in it too. Drinking. Uh, It was just a lot of fun. This movie reminded me a lot of the green room in some strange way that the green room was one of those where it fell in the horror genre, but it was more of a bloody thriller. And that's kind of what this one was as well. Just the amount of guts and gore in this Mm -hmm. one, put it in my top 10. This was one Josh that I had so much fun with. That's why it's in the top 10. That, that first kill in the bar with the shotgun. Oh yeah. I was like, Sold. You win. I'm in. Let's watch. And, so, and you probably shut it off before that even happened. But, uh, way before that happened. Yeah. 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 So, so like I said, some of the acting was really mediocre, but that was mostly from the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. The men in the VFW, the soldiers in this VFW, they are solid as hell. Right. So VFW number six. All right. We're getting into our top five. Josh, number five. Yeah, my number five is Greg's honorable mention. Number three is good old fucking porno. I found that movie on Shudder. And again, if I made a list of like fun movies that I watched this year, that one's in it. I just, uh, it's it's a, a group of five kids, uh, five employees that work at a local movie theater that find this hidden film reel and uh, decide to watch it. And what was on it summons this like sexual succubus. And from there, shit just goes down. Really the, the most fun thing for me was the nostalgia of this movie. Yeah. There's like a lot of uh, gore and, and all this other stuff that happens in the movie, but like, I love nostalgia. I love being brought back to, being a kid in the 90s and i'm trying to think of uh, encino man was the movie that they're showing mm-hmm. at that local uh movie theater and just uh being brought back to there was like fun and kind of cool to watch um but the movie overall is just like super fun and it's a super easy ride and there's some really cool shit in there and the acting is pretty fun that's a movie that got turned around in like 
they turned that movie around, I think, in eight or nine months. Like, it was a story that wasn't even written. A group of people got together because they had this, like, idea and a little bit of money sitting around. And there it just went from being an idea in somebody's head to done and landing on Shutter in, like, a short span of time. Um, so it was a really cool story behind making the movie, too. That's my number five. The characters, for me, took a while to really attach to first 15 20 minutes of the whole building up of this whole wholesome community and religious supporting whatever you want to call it just it was it was tough to to really get into but i think my biggest drag into this movie was the shock value of how far left it turned because it went left and when it went left it was gone yeah all right greg what's your number five (laughs) Number five for me, uh, actually, a sequel was uh, The Babysitter 2, Killer Queen. You don't often see a a sequel that not only makes fun of itself, but makes the movie entertaining because it makes fun of itself. And while it was uh, was a bit of a slow start and it was a little formulaic, I really liked where the story went and how the, uh, the character, the main character, resolved into what happened. But I, I really, uh, really dug the story on this one and uh, how you got to see the uh, the characters evolve again. Um, I, I watched this on our 31 Days of Horror Challenge, and I watched this right after revisiting the babysitter. And it was just, it was a nice uh, a nice chapter two, um, and that's why it landed in my my top ten list. And it's got a really great twist in it, Greg. Agreed, very much agreed, absolutely. Sorry, I feel a little like a bingo caller. Patrick, number five. Number five is uh, actually Josh's number 10. It's a Russian film called Sputnik. And like he had said, these cosmonauts come back down to Earth. It's supposed to take place in the 80s, I believe. Um, Yes. And one of them is carrying a host with them. The CGI in this is just really, really good. It just kind of checks off all the all the marks for a good sci-fi horror film yeah i'm not a huge sci-fi person at all really to be honest with you. i'm not sci-fi horror but Sputnik hit all the atmosphere and like horror elements really really well i thought the creature looked really cool the effects were really cool and just the idea uh and how they kind of took care of dealing with what was going on with the the main guy and that creature and kind of the what they're doing to hide things and all the secrets and everything with it. I thought was a, was kind of a cool, cool idea to the movie. So, um, you know, along with being a sci-fi, I thought it was a good creature feature. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yep. So Sputnik on Hulu. All right. We are down to our top four. Joshua. Yeah. uh, My number four is Patrick's, Number four, honorable mention, and that is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Patrick kind of already discussed the, the plot of it. Uh, if you missed it, go fucking back and listen to it. <laughs> Jim Cummings wrote, directed, and starred in this movie. Um, so he had a, a, a full workload, but he plays this like alcoholic... A uh, sheriff who's raising a daughter while dealing with his dad that's also kind of dying. And he's just 
there's there on top of that there's like all, this murder this like this these like killings going on and he refuses to like admit or accept that there might be a werewolf in his town this is comedy horror played with like straight deadpan like yeah. there's comedy horror like porno was kind of comedy horror for me but wolf of snow hollow was played with like this perfect like there's funny things written in this movie but they all said it with perfect deadpan yeah. Um, like they didn't play the funny over the top in this movie at all. Again, really well uh, acted. It's it's really well written. The the end of this movie, I fucking I cried. I was laughing so hard. I cried laughing. Uh, I was like, holy shit! Like the end of this movie was just bonkers to me. I remember, and Patrick will get this, but I remember the first time they showed the the wolf. And I was like, this CGI is fucking terrible. Get to the end of this movie, you will fucking cry laughing. Oh, yeah. It, it's so goddamn funny. What I liked about the main character is character is so fucking nar- narcissistic. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that that deadpan delivery of his lines works so well. It also has uh, Ricky Lindholm in it. Uh, she was the uh, uh, deputy. Um, the blonde deputy, and she's a member of a a comic duo called Garfunkel and Oates. Oh yes, yep, yep, she's yep, in yep. there. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. in it. Uh, it also has Robert Forster, and I believe this was his last movie before he died. Yep, yep. Uh, he's awesome in it. It's just a good group of of actors in this, and a lot of unknowns that just delivered well. This because it. Because there was some cheesy stuff in it, that's why it's a it's an honorable mention and not in the top ten. But this is a rewatchable movie for me. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, thousand percent. I had to take a break. I and it could just be me. I'm sure Patrick didn't react the same way, but I was just I was rolling. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. So I had fun with it. See, and I would check that out because, like, my biggest thing is I don't like goofy comedy that's just not my sense of humor and like there's most horror comedies are that goofy bullshit ass over the top thing that just is not i don't find that funny like no, at it's, all it's it's dry super dry yeah okay yeah. yeah i would dig that i want i want everything all my i want everything dry i want my wine my comedy my everything just <laughs> dry as josh's vagina all i want i was waiting for it i was like it's gonna be somebody's vagina can't i can't wait for it to be mine all right <laughs> greg number four number four for me um i had a hell of a time with my one through four because i feel like these could all interchange um but what landed on number four for me was actually a recommendation from patrick in our last podcast um was the movie one bedroom one br however you want to put that on netflix the story in this was what drew me in obviously I, I really enjoyed watching the journey of the main character and everything that she had to go through. Again, tough to talk about when I don't want to spoil anything, but you get to see different sides of her story um, or of the story that she's forced into and how it transpired really resonated with me. So definitely, if you're looking for a good movie, I'd definitely check that out again. I found that on Netflix. Nice. Patrick. My number four is on Shudder. I'm not sure if it's a Shudder original, but it is on Shudder. 
and it is called Yummy. I, I don't know what it was about this movie, but I just really connected with it. When a young couple travels to a shady hospital for cosmetic surgery, the boyfriend stumbles upon a patient suffering from an experimental rejuvenation treatment. He frees her, but doesn't realize she's ground zero for an outbreak, which will change the doctor's patients and his mother-in-law into bloodthirsty, utterly outrageous zombies, an orgy of blood, violence, and fun. I think that pretty well sums up the entire movie. It is an orgy of blood, violence, and fun. Yummy nice. on Shutter. Top three. Uh, my number three is The Cleansing Hour. I found this on Shudder uh, during our, our 31 Days of Horror Challenge. It is what I liked about this was everything. It's so basically go back. So it's the, uh, the producers of this, like uh, this exorcism show uh, stream, this exorcism show online for everybody to watch. And they basically do, they set up these fake exorcisms uh, for people to watch. And um they finally get one where um, a demon actually takes over uh, one of the guy's girlfriend's bodies and they have to kind of uh, quickly act on how to figure out what the fuck to do about, cause they're, they're streaming this, this actual live exorcism. What I liked about it is everything's online now. Like everything is like, everything's just right there for anybody to watch and see. I like that it had a different take on an old story. I, all the effects were practical, which I thought was really, really cool. And just the story in general. Yeah, you're, you're basically 90% of it is watching just somebody figure out how to beat this demon uh, during an exorcism. So it, it doesn't deliver a whole lot of new. But there is a, you know, something going on underneath of it also that uh, happens at the end that uh, I'm not going to spoil. Yeah, because it's also cut with scenes of other people watching the stream. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, I, I, um, I really dug this movie a lot. And uh, uh, if you have Shutter, I would check out the Cleansing Hour. There is a a short version of this on YouTube. Uh, so if you don't have Shutter, you can watch the the short uh, same title, the Cleansing Hour, on YouTube. Greg, number three. Number three. Uh, again, I wanted to put this at number one. But just there's so many uh, so many tough decisions to make in setting your your top ten. But uh, this movie is I I want to call it the the movie of 2020. It's the movie that encompasses 2020. It's host, and I, I don't know what more I can say about it. It's it perfectly sums up what 2020 was, and not just the the digital. Uh, zooming meetings and meeting friends for happy hours but the epic shit show that 2020 is was whatever you want to call it and I'll stop there Patrick my number three is Josh's number seven and that would be the dark and the wicked there is something about this movie that just made me nervous all the way through it. We talked about trying to find that movie that just makes you feel uncomfortable. This movie made me feel uncomfortable all the way through. You never knew where one character stood, if it was real or not. It's about death as a character or an underlying character. It's about some types of possession. It's about mind fuck. It is just really 
well done. Yeah, Brian uh, Brian Bertino uh, made this movie. Um, he was behind The Strangers. Uh, he did The Monster. And when I was watching this, knowing that he was the filmmaker, you can see a lot of his past stuff in this movie. And if I were to cram two movies together, it would have been The Strangers meets like 2017's Terrified. Um, that's the feel you kind of get from it. But again, if you watch the movie, knowing who the filmmaker is, his stuff, like, his name and his his uh, filmmaking style is written all over this movie. And I really like his stuff. I'm a fan. Uh, just knowing that he made this movie made it even more appealing to me to chase. All right, guys, we are in our top two. Back to you, Joshua. Yeah, my number two. Um, was, again, a last-minute film that I checked out this week that I kept hearing people talk about. And I was avoiding, like, the plague because I was like, the trailer doesn't look interesting. But I said, fuck it, and pulled the trigger. On Netflix, I watched a movie called His House. And it is a a, a refugee couple that are uh, escaping the, a war from South Sudan, kind of struggling to kind of make a new life, um, where they're at. I feel like this is like the realest movie in the room. It is just, it's so real. Like as far as what is going on uh, just today and just in life. And like, it's honestly watching, like it's watching a real couple unravel. Again, a great story and good, and good actors, but like even like just watching, there's a, a scene that happens at the end that makes you just like, it's a gut punch. And uh, some of the effects in the movie are, are really good, but like just watching, that's what I was, when we were talking about earlier uh, in the podcast, like defending films that have character and heart and more of like a drama with a horror element. This is me defending because his house is that it's, it's a drama with horror elements to it. And, and, and like I said, it's, it is the realest movie of 2020 for me. Maddie would fucking hate this movie. Don't watch it. It will destroy you. You'll hate it. But for <laughs> me, it was a gut punch. And um, I really, really am sorry that I avoided the movie for as long as I did because I enjoyed the shit out of it. All right, Greg. Number two was a movie I did not anticipate liking, but I watched it because I was out of good movies to watch for my 31 Days of Horror and I'm so glad that I pulled the trigger on it, was Nicolas Cage's Color Out of Space. Uh, good for you, Greg. Good for you. <laughs> Anybody else's list? No, no because God put... damn well it's not on anyone else's list. <laughs> I, I didn't put it on my list because it's on the same list as Crap Like the Void. <laughs> Fuck, Andrew. Well, you know what? For me, this this movie was like, just a, it was an incredible uh just viewing show you you get Nicolas Cage as you expect him crazy psycho whatever you want to call him the story again drew me in the characters drew me in the cinematography was incredible the uh, the visual effects were just incredible as well and I I don't know what more I can say without giving anything more away I I know I'm probably going to catch crap for it I don't care I really enjoyed that movie so color out of space was my number two uh, Greg, in fairness, Colorado Space was better than Mandy, and Mandy was on Patrick's list last year. So there is that. It was better than Mandy. 
And that I, was my ha- that was my hangout for watching it because I figured it was going to be very similar to Mandy, but no, just the way that this was shot was worlds better than Mandy. Sorry, Patrick. I'll go in and on it too. Yeah, Mandy was bad, Patrick, and you should feel bad. <laughs> if if the second half of Color Out of Space would have been like the first half, I would have enjoyed it so much more. But that's me not being a Lovecraft fan. Fair. He is an acquired taste, or you have to be on acid. Either one. I, that was, I think that was in my my initial thing was if you're watching this sober, you're going to get a head trip. If you watch this thing under any kind of drugs, good God help you. <laughs> <laughs> my number two makes this the first movie that all three of us have in our top ten, and that is Host. I think there's probably been enough said about it, but it is the perfect pandemic movie. I give... A tip of my hat to the filmmakers for this one, for knowing what it was and making it what it is. It was just highly effective for me. And also the fact it's an hour long, for God's sake. Maddie, you would love this movie. You need to see it. Because <laughs> oh, it's an hour. This... That That's how you lure me in. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and, and it was done perfectly, you know, after so many months of us doing Zoom meetings and just... They they knew how to make it effective as a horror film. When we talk about movies, horror movies and horror filmmakers being adaptable to their environments and their situations, this is the number one example of what happened with that. And it is awesome. definitely rewatchable. Absolutely. This is the only movie on my list that I would suggest watching it in the dark. Uh, yes. Because I think it's a whole different viewing experience. Um, there's nothing else on my list that if I watch it in the dark... I would feel any different about it. Host is one of those movies that watch it in the dark, late at night by yourself. There's quite a few movies that I recommend watching in the dark because your eyes are closed, not because you're afraid. <laughs> you, just, you need to just fall asleep. Hey, you happen. you keep the void out keep of this. Void. <laughs> I swear to Christ, Void is a good goddamn movie. When movies are better with your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just do an hour on the void. Awesome. All right. Cool. Number one. All right, guys. Gosh, you're going to die. You this is are. It. Look, the only reason I'm doing this shit is because we're doing social distancing Zoom podcasting, all right? If you think I'm, I'm, I'm brave enough to do this shit in person, completely wrong. But, but here's the thing. Do you think Maddie's ever going to forget? Each no. no. Josh, Josh, you're going to die. I invested right. in football helmets I'm going to wear to the podcast from now on. <laughs> it comes Starting into, now, we're looking it for comes our, into our the fourth. next one. We're going to put out a uh, an ad for our fourth uh, podcaster because Josh is going to die as soon as we're in person again. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We've given him enough shit over Tusk. But this is true. Over the <laughs> last couple years, I think it's fine. All right, guys. This is your number one pick of 2020. Uh, yeah, my number one pick of 2020 uh, I will never, ever, ever second guess. And it is a movie called Hunter Hunter. Again, it, it's me walking back on the defense because it is a family drama with some horror elements in it. But it's about a family that uh, um, they're, they're trappers for a living. They live in seclusion in this cabin. And they, they think they are being... Uh, hunted by a rogue wolf and uh, 
I, I can't give a whole bunch away. Um, at one point, the father goes off into the woods <clears throat> to hunt this wolf uh, to keep his family safe, and he does not come back. And uh, um, the only other thing I will say about this movie is that it turns into a revenge film, and I have never been... Um, I have not seen an ending like this since Maddie made us watch Martyrs. That's where I will go, and that's where I will end. If you can, find Hunter Hunter. The last 10 minutes of that movie is fucking disgusting. Greg, number one. Number one for me. Uh, again, it falls under the, the more drama thriller with horror elements. I finished this movie, and I had never rooted for a protagonist as hard as I did in this movie. I have never enjoyed an ending as much as I did with this movie. And I had never enjoyed watching a, f- a story unfold as much as I did with the movie run mm. Hulu. Sarah Paulson is in it, which she's a phenomenal actress. I love almost anything that she's in, but there was something about this movie that was just incredible to me. I again, the, the daughter uh, in this movie stole the show ran with it and she owned this movie for what she did i I so want to talk about this movie spoiler free but i i just say go out and watch it and i hope it does the same thing for you that it did for me that was on my list greg i just didn't get to watch it i enjoyed it quite a bit uh once again sarah paulson is just an amazing actress it had a lot of the feel of stephen king's misery yes uh, it, it was it was misery meets tangled <laughs> yeah yeah it was so claustrophobic and when you find out what was happening you you know like you said never have you pulled for a protagonist so much in your life mm-hmm. as you did uh in in this movie i thought it was uh, a solid release and, um, and how satisfying was that ending for you oh yeah 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 definitely good good movie if you have a chance to see it Patrick. So we're down to the last number one. This one is, as I had said earlier, uh, Josh's number two, His House on Netflix. It is a extremely pleasant mixture of story and supernatural haunting. It deals in an area where we don't normally see these stories coming out of, and that would be like African supernatural. So we're seeing a different blend. I was seeing a lot of new things in this story. And what both uh, the husband and wife deal with to get through this story and what has happened in their past as it's revealed. To me, this was an extremely satisfying, well told story from beginning to end. I don't know that I could add more to it. It took me off guard how well this was. I noticed it was hitting some lists. The descriptions didn't do much for me, but I pulled the trigger on it and I am so glad that I did. So yeah, that is my number one for 2020. That is 2020. Like I know we normally talk about this in a cast beginning of the year but just real quick off the top any of y'all's heads is there any like 2021 movie that you're super looking forward to seeing i don't know that i can say if there's anything in 2021 that's like 
actually going to come out <laughs> okay. you know, until it's actually in a theater or on a streaming site. Yeah. Is it, yeah, we, is it going to be released? <laughs> we did kind of touch base with this in the, in the last cast. If I were to name one over any of the others that I'm looking forward to, it's Terrifier 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My my one is uh, was supposed to be released in March of 21, and it just got pushed back, and uh, that was Guillermo del Toro's Antlers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Antlers and Terrifier 2 are kind of my top two next year. But anyone else have any... Any comments, anything on 2020 that they missed? It, we, we knew that it was going to be all over the board this year. Like like I had pointed out, there was only one movie that all three of us picked in the top 10. But I think it's pretty awesome that we're seeing this much content. Yeah. yeah. Anyone have anything to plug? Goodbye, 2020. Yeah, fuck 2020. Um, people, keep wearing your masks, keep washing your hands, keep always even after the pandemic's done staying six feet the fuck away from me um <laughs> and that's know? just for your own safety <laughs> yeah that's just <laughs> i just want you to stay six feet away from me at all times i don't care what's going on all right everybody well from myself greg the movie guy patrick the doctor of everything else and josh Thank you very much for joining with us. If you had any 2020 movies you liked and want us to watch, we are open to it. Drop us a line. But otherwise, have a great night. Thank you for joining in. See you next year. Bye.